Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Verse 11, he says, I have become a fool in boasting. So he was kind of boasting, and he's saying, I've become a fool in boasting, but you have compelled me. So he said, it's your fault. That's why I'm boasting. (laughs) For I, I ought to have been commending you for in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, uh, though I am nothing. And so, you know, he's saying, look, you guys forced me to boast because you're talking about these other guys saying they're better and I'm nothing. And he's saying, look, I didn't want to do it. I know it's foolish to boast of myself. Uh, and because you guys <coughs> were listening to these false teachers and you were disrespecting my authority, then I had to kind of tell you what I was doing. So, uh, but then Paul ends the whole thing with, I, I shouldn't have been boasting but I'm more than they are, but I'm nothing. So uh, Paul was a humble guy, but he was an amazing guy. I mean, he probably preached the gospel to more than any other person in history. Uh, I mean, he was just an amazing evangelist, probably planted more churches than anybody. I mean, we do know that Billy Graham has spoke to more people about Jesus because of television and satellite. Uh, But before Billy Graham, I mean, the apostle Paul was the guy. And yet he's saying, uh, you know, I'm no nothing. Uh, I I am nothing. And in verse 12, Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with the perseverance in signs and wonders in mighty deeds. And so uh, Paul is saying, if anyone should know that I'm apostle, you Christians in the Corinthian church should know because I planted the church. I shared the gospel. The power of the gospel that I shared with you was manifested in your lives by changed lives. You were saved. Your life was changed. You experienced the power of the gospel. And so you should know that God worked through me because you guys got saved. Now, quite often that's what happens in churches, that God uses someone and they are used by God. They preach the gospel. People get saved. And then somebody else comes along who's never led anybody to the Lord and like, I know the way. And they've never led anybody to Jesus, right? And then they want to tell people how it is. But Paul's saying, look, lives being changed is a miracle, right? And he's saying, you know, there were lives changed in Corinth, and he's saying, look, God used me to preach to you guys, and many of your lives were changed. Verse 13, for what is it in which you were inferior to the other churches, except that I myself was not burdensome to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now, I love this, because my wife hates it when I'm, uh, you know, sarcastic or facetious, but Paul's being facetious. He's apologizing that he didn't take money from the church of Corinth. He's like, now, he's saying, look, you guys had everything everybody else had in all the spiritual gifts and all the teaching and doctrine. But if I was a burden to you because I didn't take your money, well, then I apologize. <laughs> he's being facetious. In verse 14, now, for the third time, I am ready to come to you, and I will not be uh, burdensome to you, for I do not seek yours, speaking about their money, but you. For ch- the children ought not to lay up. Okay, are my kids in here? I need to keep this down. The children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children, <laughs> right? So what's Paul saying? Well, he's saying, look, uh, false teachers, they want your money. And Paul's saying, look, I don't care about your money. I, I want you to know the Lord. And uh, wh- when he gives this illustration about parents and kids, 
He's saying Paul cared about those people personally, not about their money, not what he could get from them. But false teachers always are about the money. And, you know, that's what I loved about Calvary Chapel. Uh, my whole life, I thought church was about weird preacher dudes begging for money. And, and so I was like, man, why would I want to do that? And I remember when someone invited me to Calvary Chapel, and I sat in the very back, and the guy read through the Bible, and I was like, oh, well, it seems like this guy uh, is just talking about God and helping us to know God. I'm like, this seems good. And then I remember thinking, well, when's he going to start begging for money? And then I asked him, like, when do they beg for money? And the one guy goes, I've been here a couple years. I never heard him begging for money. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I think I'm going to come back, <laughs> right? And, and, you know, the truth is many people in the world who don't go to church, that's their perception of church and Christianity, that churches are a place where, you know, they beg for money and they care more about your money than they do about anything else. But the Apostle Paul saying to the church in Corinth, look, I didn't take any money from you, and uh, you know, I don't care about the money. I care about you and your relationship with God. And he's saying that's the same as with a parent, right? Uh, as parents, when you have children, do you expect them to give you money? No, right? You give to them. You buy them their clothes. You give them all your money, <laughs> right? Well, not all of it, but, uh, right, you take care of them. And that's what a parent does because you love them, right? And that's what Paul's saying uh, in his relationship with the church in Corinth, that like a parent loves his kids, buy stuff for him, takes care of him. He's saying that, you know, that's what my relationship with you, I love you. Now, there's nothing wrong with a pastor getting paid. In fact, Paul took money from other churches, and he's going to say that he got money from other churches so they could minister to them. In verse 15, and I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though uh, the more abundantly uh, I love you and less I am loved. So, uh, so Paul's saying, uh, you know, I love you guys, and the more I love you, the less you love me, right? And, and really, when you think about this, did Paul say, well, you guys don't love me, and you don't treat me right, because so I'm never talking to you again? No. What did he say? I love you guys. I give my life to you, and, and you guys don't love me. And what's Paul doing? Where did he get these weird ideas? The weird idea of loving people who don't love you back? What kind of craziness is that? Well, that's the model that Jesus set for us, right? Loving people, expecting nothing in return. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then here's where Paul gets it from Jesus, verse 44. But if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Now, the tax collectors were the despised people, right? I mean, it's almost like the tax collectors were the CEOs at Bud Light for the people who live in Homedale. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know how to give a good illustration. But, uh, right, uh, you know, Jesus was saying, look, to love people love you, like even heathens do that, right? Anybody does that. But to love people and expect nothing in return, that's the agape love that Jesus wants us to have. And that's what Paul had. And that's how he was, you know, wanting to love the church in Corinth. He was saying, I love you, and, but even though I love you and you, you know, Listen to these other wackos, right? Verse 16, but be that as it may, <laughs> I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you by cunning. Uh, did I take advantage of you by any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus and sent our brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? And the answer is no. Did we not walk in the same spirit? Did we not walk in the same steps? Again, uh, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. So Paul's saying, look, even though you guys are 
kind of doing some strange things over there. We love you, and we want to edify you. That means to build you up. And Paul's desire was to build them up in their faith, to strengthen their faith, to equip them, to do the work of the ministry. And Paul's saying, everything I do is to help you, and, and yet you believe the false teachers, right? And so, uh, you know, it was probably heartbreaking for Paul, but he still loved them and continued to minister to them. And so if you're a Sunday school teacher and a kid bites you, I'm like, hey, it's not as bad as Paul, right? I mean, until they stone you, right? And then it's not that bad. Now, verse 20, for I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish. And then I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, backbitings, whispering, conceit, tumults. So remember the first time uh, that in the first Corinthians that Paul said that they were carnal Christians. So many people ask me about, well, Pastor Bob, what about this person? They say they're a Christian and yet they do all these sinful things. Well, Paul said to the Christian church in Corinth in first Corinthians 3, 3, he said, for you are still carnal for where there is envy, strife, divisions among you. Are you not carnal? So carnal means fleshly, right? They were still living after the flesh, doing carnal things. And Paul told them they need to stop doing these things because they're, they're not good for you and God doesn't want you to do them because they're going to cause you a lot of trouble. Uh, but we know that living a carnal life, being selfish, uh, isn't from God. God doesn't teach us as his children to be selfish. And, and just as no parent would do that, right? How many of your parents ever said to your kid, all right, today we're going to learn the word me, and we're going to scream it really loud. Me! <laughs> I mean, you'd have to teach them that. They already are selfish, right? Uh, but uh, in James 3.14, he said, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic, right? So he's saying, look, being carnal and selfish and self-centered and, and you know, all those things, that's, that's not of God. And, and he was telling him, hey, you need to stop doing that. Now he talks about sexual sin. And uh, it's interesting that they listen to these false teachers, maybe because the false teachers told him it was okay to do that stuff. Verse 21, he says, lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness, the fornication, and lewdness which they have practiced. So Paul told them, you know, in the first letter to the Corinthians, to repent of their sexual immorality. And some did, some didn't. And there were Christians that were practicing fornication and, uh, in, the, in the church. And what does practice mean? Well, it means a habitual way of life. It, it doesn't mean like, you know, making a mistake. It means, you know, when you practice something, if you practice pickleball, what's your goal? To get good at pickleball. If you practice golf, right, saying there's those who are practicing sin, they want to get good at it. It doesn't mean that they made a mistake, right? And, and what does the word fornication mean? Well, we get that, who knows what word we get in the English from fornication? It's the word pornography. And it's a term with a broad meaning that refers to all illicit sexual activity. Adultery, uh, fornication, uh, means homosexuality, bestiality, prostitution, like all, all a broad range of sexual immorality. And we know that in Galatians it tells us, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. And he goes on to say, uh, and I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul's saying to this church, hey, look, you guys got to stop. You need to repent of, you know, sexual immorality and selfishness and, and all those, those things that are, uh, you know, of the carnal nature. And so we're going to stop there, though, because we're out of time tonight. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we do thank you uh, that you want us to be people who love people. And we thank you, Jesus, that 
you have shown us forgiveness, that you love us, you forgive us, and Lord, that we then can understand how to love other people and forgive other people. So we pray tonight that you would continue to stir our hearts. Lord, help us to have a determination and a fortitude to love you and serve you, Lord, with, uh, Lord just with a, a, a determined heart that we wouldn't want to give up easy. Lord, that we would want to um, just to allow you, Lord, to work in us and through us so that we can be a light in this world to help those who don't know you, to those who are in need, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. We would like to tell you a little bit about our Pure Word ministry. Pure Word is a ministry that helps people with life-controlling issues such as alcohol, drug, and pornography addiction. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Our desire is to help people break free from the heavy yoke of life-controlling issues. Pure Word meets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., here at Calvary Chapel Caldwell. For more information, call 453-9653 or visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day